It's the last few days to play the Monopoly Collector Win Game at Vons and Pavilions. Play now through May 3rd, and you could still win incredible prizes, including a million dollars cash, a vacation home, and more. Look for products with the Monopoly Collector Win tags throughout the store. Score bonus tickets when you buy participating items, and collect game tickets for your chance to win a brand new car, a home makeover, or a trip of a lifetime. Play now while ticket supplies last. See game rules at PlayMonopoly.us. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro and is used with permission. Follow me, alcohol that my pop swallow bottle me. No apology, I walk with a bulge on my shoulder. It's a cold war, I'm a colder soldier. Hold the same fight that made Martin Luther the king. I ain't using it for the right thing. In between and the fiends. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who it is. It's me once again, Randy Chu. We back on live on the show, Chew on that. Just want to say uh, thank all my fans for supporting me last week. It was amazing. Uh, it was special. It was beautiful. Um, it was very funny. <laughs> we talked about some crazy stuff. And one day I will get back to that conversation. But today is going to be a special broadcast because I have a special individual coming on. But before I get into that, you know what we have to do that is customary on the show. And it's community empowerment. Um, what can I say about community empowerment today? Uh, I didn't want to pr- promote no books, didn't want to promote no businesses, because the people on my panel are going to explain their own books and businesses that they have because they can do it better than me. So I didn't have any outside sources that I wanted to actually uh, present at the moment. So what I'm going to do for today's show is I'm going to skip my regularly scheduled community empowerment segment. Um, All I got to say is uh, September 8th at 7 p.m. I will be having an amazing, amazing meeting uh, for the black community. Uh, The address and everybody that's local uh, already has that information that's coming, but I just want to say that uh, it will be recorded and I will have it streamed up either on YouTube somewhere and I'll post a link for everybody to look at it so they can comment and say that they hate me, they love me, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, just come out, show me some love, show me some report, some support and um, it's not just about um, getting the black community together, it's about healing the black community so that all races can live in harmony, that's what I'm about. Um, but while... 
that is going on. You already know what else is going on September 8th, but that's a whole other story, whole other topic, whole other day. Let me get to my very, very interesting and august panel today. Today I have with me my co-host. You guys know her as Lady J, and she's always going to be with me from now on. Lady J, give a shout out to the people. Hello, everyone. You know I'm all here just being Randy's support, the anchor woman on his side. So you all can check me out on Twitter, Mrs. underscore J. Holly. That's what's up. And I have a very, who I would like to consider a very close friend of mine now. And uh, we've done radio shows together in the past, and uh, it's been fun. Um, She's a very... uh, talented young lady <laughs> and um she is none other than the men's advocate herself dt herself linda thank you very much for having me and by the way not only can you consider you can consider that done you are a very <laughs> close friend of mine <laughs> <laughs> thank you're on you, that list sir. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad I was I was aiming for it, and I guess I hit the bullseye. Ching. <laughs> um, of course. Now, you, Linda, you're on my panel today, um, so you have the liberty to say whatever, do whatever, speak whatever, uh, along with Lady J. And I'm going to introduce you two and the radio world to my very special guest today, Dree Cleveland. Hope I said that right. Was it Dree? Dre. Dre. Dre Cleveland. Okay. How you doing? Awesome and amazing. How are you? And how are you, ladies? Hello. Wonderful. That's nice. So so this is what I want to do. Since uh, I want, uh, Dre, I want you to introduce yourself, uh, promote your product and all those things first for the audience. And then Linda, I want you to, as soon as she's finished, to promote your books. And then we can go on, and I'll introduce the topic of the day, and we can get this uh, show rolling. Um, for callers who want to call in, the number is 607-203-5420. Please call in, show support. I got the um, chat lines open on Blog Talk. Um, we got specials that's about to be promoted. It's, it's going to be a good show today. So go ahead, uh, Dre, and just take us off. And then, Linda, you come in and tell us about your product also. All right, cool. So thank you, Randy. I wanted to first say I'm very excited to be on your show today. Um, I'm excited. I know we had some back and forth with the date, so this is a perfect day. I'm so happy that I'm here with you. Um, And for people who do not know me, my name is Dre Cleveland. I am the founder of the Premier Coaching and Empowerment Club, known as the Power Players Club, which is a club for forward-thinking urban adults like us, where I train people how to play powerfully in the game of life with the five power principles that I say everyone needs to be powerful in this game and to play to win. So. That's pretty much what I do. I speak all over the place, and I coach people all over wherever there's a need for people to play powerfully. Um, I have three books out, uh, but two in particular that are important right now, which is The Power Player's Guide to Playing Powerfully in the Game of Life and The Power Player's Guide to Playing Powerfully in the Game of Life for Kids. 
And that one is really cool because we are uh, starting a tour this school year to go into the New York City public schools and train kids to be able to play powerfully in their life as well so that it's a whole community effort. Nice. So I'm, nice. I'm actually pretty – thank you. Thank you. So I'm, I'm happy that you were talking about um, you do a community empowerment section on your show normally. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. So because, you know, everything that, that we're doing is definitely evolved around the community because what I believe is that if we affect each person individually, we automatically affect the community as a whole because we are who, who makes up the community. So totally I'm really agree. excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that uh, we got the date situation going. That was totally my fault. I had um, – yeah. <laughs> uh, life is busy, and I uh, tend to overstep my scheduling sometimes, so I'm glad that your schedule was available. Mine was clear to have you on here. Um, now, the men's advocate. Linda, talk, talk to the people about your product yes. and, and, and the special that's going on today. Awesome. All right, so I am the men's advocate. I uh, endorse and empower men with their issues. They ask me questions about dating or relationships and also um, business questions too. Um, If you have lifelong uh, roadblocks that you can't seem to get out of the way yourself, I do one-on-one coaching to help you remove those blocks and help help prevent the uh, self-sabotaging that goes on. You can reach me at themensadvocate.com. That's themensadvocate.com. You can also reach me on Twitter. My handle is DT4M. That's the number four, DT4M. It's short for Dating Tips for Men. And today we have a wonderful offer for all the listeners, and I'm going to hold my offer open uh, as usual up until the next 24 hours. So if you've missed us uh, you know, live, you can always catch the archive. We're offering 15 minutes of live chat with me, and you can go ahead and ask your questions about dating, women, relationships, or any of your business questions. And uh, you get that off the clock. Nice. You're a better person than me. Oh, oh but by the, the way, all they have to do is <laughs> go to my web, click on Get It Now. So it's um, themensadvocate.com slash Get It Now. All right. So today's, everyone got that. Uh, listeners, please go out support uh, both ladies. Um, you know, they need support. Um, and I think what they're doing is very powerful, very special. And if you need advice, don't be afraid to ask somebody. The dumbest question in the world is the one that's not asked. <laughs> so if you need help, advice, you need guidance, you need whatever, you need to challenge your mindsets, I'm telling you, the people I have on my panel, including myself, um, we're here to help. We're here to affect change in individuals, uh, like Dre said, to and to impact the whole community, and uh, Dre, I just want you to 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 talk about what what inspired you to take this journey uh, to even be like a mentor and to have like the Powers Player Club uh, and the Power Principles and programs and things going on in your community. What what sparked that interest in your in your life? 
Um, just living. I mean, so I I live in Brooklyn. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and uh-huh. you know, uh, see, I, we got fans. We got fans. Um, but yeah, I I grew up my whole life here. I still live here, and I know that just even not not even just in Brooklyn in general, but our community in general has a history of being uh I don't say disenfranchised. The best way that I could that I could describe that is we have a tendency to be victims and we train ourselves, our kids, everybody on up um inadvertently to be victims of life. This is why we're always protesting against something. And <laughs> you know, we it's the truth because at the end of the yeah. day when you think about it, do we have to really wait all the time until something happens before we do something. We're quite reactive as a community and not really proactive. Right. right. And so when you look at it, like I said, everything that happens as a community starts with individuals. And when we look into our individual lives, we can see the same exact thing happening. A lot of times we're a whole lot more reactive than we are proactive. And so it it turns into a community problem because if we are more proactive as people, we will have more proactive solutions, and then we won't have this victim mentality that tends to uh, permeate our community as a whole. Like, it's it's kind of tiring watching that on television all the time. We don't watch TV no more, you know, <laughs> just, for, it's just for that particular reason, because there's nothing nice. You know, you're going to hear the same things over and over again because people's mentality has not changed. We just right. in a different year, in a different space and time. And mm-hmm. so... You know, when when I started actively coaching, which was about 2007-ish, uh, before that I was already doing this. You know how you, you know you have a gift and you do something and you don't even realize you could get paid for it? That's what that was. So, <laughs> you know, okay. So, you know, when I, when I, but when I started actively coaching, meaning after I got my certification and started my business and doing all that, and realizing that what I was sharing with people was really moving them and and putting them in a position to be people who they never thought that they could be but always wanted to be, then I realized that I really had something. Because the whole purpose of the Power Players Club, this this has been a long time in the making. It's only been around for uh, the last three years or so. But before that, you know, I had lots of different names, and I was just personally coaching, all that good stuff. Um, But – the Power Players Club came about when I started to really realize that this, like, life is really a game. It really is a game. And if you think about it, it's kind of like going to the Barclays Center. I don't know if y'all know because, you know, the Barclays Center is in Brooklyn. It's yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've been there a okay. few times. All right. I'm just making sure because you know I have to represent <laughs> Brooklyn. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> I have to represent Right, but right. point being, if you think about being in the stadium and being in a basketball game, that's my favorite sport, so my book has a big basketball in the front, right? But the whole point is most of the people that are in any arena are the spectators. They're the ones that are watching, and they're the ones that can point and say how much they don't like what's going on in the game or cheer if it's their favorite team or whisper to their friends or, you know, talk about how cute the guys look in their shorts, whatever the case is, you know, it's it's always a commentary, but at the end of the day, there's nothing the spectators can do to change the game. They're just there. 
right? So you're a person, and, you're a person who, who, who um, encourages people and motivate people to actually act upon things instead of just seeing the problem. You're telling them become the solution. Is that am I exactly. reading that right? Yeah, yeah. You are you are absolutely right. Exactly. So, you know, to translate that into the same analogy, it's the difference between being the spectator in the game and being the player. Right. And actually right. getting on the court and making the game happen. So in whatever areas of your life are important to you and you feel stuck and you feel like you're kind of just being reactive or, or letting it happen the way that it's happening and you don't feel like you have any power uh, to change what's going on, that's where I come in. And that's what the five power principles are for. They're universal principles. They work for anything that's bothering you, any, anything, actually, really anything. But um, that's because each of them is so powerful on their own, but the idea is to change your mindset, and that's what they all are about, um, changing your mindset so that you have inner tools that you can use to move yourself further along in this game than where you are right now. Yeah, this is uh, Lady J. I have a quick question for you. Who has been more receptive to receiving the information that you've been given? Has it been more women, men, you know, the adolescents or the youth? Well, actually, in my opinion, I would say that everyone has been equally receptive, and I'm actually surprised by that Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, especially with with kids, you know, because children nowadays, they have really short attention spans to begin with. Right, right. But, um you know, I guess it's the it, it's all in the way you present it because I don't present it the same to adults as I do to kids. Um, and we're going to find out because this tour is going to be the first time we're doing this all over the city. I've only done it in a few schools to test with kids um, last year, This, I mean last school year. So this school year will be the first time we're purposely doing it as a tour. So, so we'll see. But so far... It's the reception has been great because, like I said, they're universal. These principles speak to you in a place where you don't normally speak to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you know what they are and you can use them and incorporate them into your life and who you're being in the world, the change is almost immediate if you have adopted it. You know, so it's, it's for everybody, for everything, for every situation. All the, you know, like I go to different types of organizations. It could be a business organization, but it could be a ladies' night out, you know, or a, you know, anything, like, or kids. You know, like I said, a pub, New York City public school, it just doesn't matter because they are, the principles are universal to everybody. Okay. Okay. Dre, I have a question for you also. Um, Based on when you were first speaking, you said it's up to the individual to make that change. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've heard the expression uh, crab in the bucket, um, which means that you have a crab and he or she is powerful, he or she has broken down the mental barriers or the physical barriers, and he he or she has climbed up to the top of the uh, bucket they're like, you know, wedging on the top. They're like ready to leap off and go into the free world. But lo and behold, 
20 of his friends or her friends, like got eight of them, and they're going to take their claws and grab you down. No, you don't belong up there. You don't belong out of the bucket. We're going to drag you down and get you back into the bucket. So you're going to have to start all over again and be here with us. So when you say it's up to the individual, um, what techniques or um, you know services can we provide these individuals to really break free and get on the other side of the bucket where you know he's got the full ocean going on and he can do whatever he wants? Well, I would say <laughs> exactly, uh, but what I would say to that honestly, it that has to lot that has a lot to do. Uh, actually, with a couple of the principles. I don't know if, if we even have time to go through any of them, but um, I would say the first thing, anyway, outside of that, is understanding that you are always the sum total of the five closest people to you, you know. And you don't necessarily need a service to understand that, but it's a it's a thought process and a, and a way of life. And understanding that you will never move to the next level of this game if you continue to play. It's just like if you want to be an NBA player and you continue playing with the junior league, you're just always going to be in the junior league. You're not going to the NBA if you're not hanging with the people who play like the NBA players. Like, that's just not going to happen. You're going to stay where you are. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we're talking about crabs in the barrel, sometimes I feel like it's another way for us to have an excuse to remain where we are. It's a scary place out there. And sometimes it's easier to stay around people who you're comfortable with than to get a little bit uncomfortable and to move to the next level where those people that you're comfortable with normally just might not be ready to be there with you. And you got to let them go. You have to let them go. When I um, when I uh, when I you know counsel people and you know because I do life coaching and mentoring myself when I counsel people and um, I'm aware that they are afraid of of relationship changes in their life, mm-hmm. I I remind them of the the importance of themselves. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of times, uh, people get so their life is fulfilled through seeing everyone else happy and pleasing everyone else and not even realizing that you're tormenting yourself by pleasing others. And um, that, to me, is one of the biggest hindrances in uh, today's society is that no one there's – this, there's this elephant in the room called loneliness, and no one wants to be beside that elephant, but everyone feels that way because they really can't express themselves freely as they want to. So they'll fit into a crowd and say – I'm I'm being I'm keeping it real, but they're really not because they're not doing what their heart is telling them to do. They're just doing something that fits in, that that looks cool, that seems cool, and they don't want to feel like they portrayed the code of whatever code Morse code, whatever they made of life. And it's like they need coaches like you to break that mindset that lets them know that hey, it's. You, it, you have to care about yourself first to properly care about someone else. It's like, if, it's like just like the same thing in relationships. You can't have a woman who's just out here doing whatever and not caring about her body because she's not going to ever find a man that's going to respect her body. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so if you can't, if a person can't get past um, respect, if they can't respect themselves enough to make decisions to cut people out of their life that don't need to be there, 
then the people that's in their life is not going to respect their life um, as as any more than the individual is themselves, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I, I think it's good that you go into the public schools and uh I am big on acting. I am in uh what we would classify as an activist, but I do it uh very in a very strategic and wise way. I don't just stand outside with signs and protest like that. Uh at the end of the day, I mean that's cool that brings awareness, but you're bringing the awareness so that you can take the next step to act upon something like I have a I have a friend named Tariq Nasheed. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um and he's trying to get people to stop protesting in Ferguson and he's trying to get them to uh actually take some steps towards the political realm and, and, and get things done politically, but it's like everyone's still stuck on standing in the street and with signs and it's like that that's cool. That's a that's a re, that's a retaliation. But when are we actually going to um, not retaliate, but actually act upon an injustice and, and do something about it instead of just right. looting our own businesses and protesting? That gets us nowhere. And again, it brings it brings awareness to what's going on. But after you get the attention, then you have to act and do something with the atten- while the attention's on you. You know, is no is no good that Michael Jordan could cross somebody up, but if he never takes the shot, then he's no good. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's, that's, I'm liking the way that you, that you're molding your program to make people act because, you know, without actions, the world's problems are only going to get worse. And it's, and if we don't act to kill and uh, hatred towards other people, then it's going to confuse generations that come, and next thing you know, we're going to be a a whole country full of chaos. You know, so one person at a time equals one community at a time. One community at a time equals one city. One city equals one state. One state equals one nation. That's how I view it. And but, you know, uh, I applied you guys for life coaching and mentoring because kind of I'm kind of coming from the analogy that you gave DT about the crab in the bucket and, you know, all the crabs kind of take that one crab to trying to get out the bucket. I see it in a, another way where individuals look at other people and seeing what they are doing to get ahead, but that doesn't necessarily work for them. So by them trying to get that one person out of the, the, the crab out of the bucket is necessarily them trying to do what that crab is doing to get ahead, but it doesn't necessarily work for them. And it also pulls the other one, the other crab down, but it keeps everyone in the bucket. And so for you all to individually and have programs for individual people, because what may work for me may not work for Randy. And, if you're life coaching someone to help them to act and to help them to apply the tools and the principles of all of that that is coming, that they need to get ahead and to be empowered and move forward into things for them. Like you said, um, Dre, you had a gifting, but you didn't know that you can get paid for your gifting, but you can pull those giftings out and other people where they can see their gifting because your gifting may not be what, you know, someone else's gifting is. So I applaud that because to pull that out of somebody, it takes work. And to pull that out of people that, doesn't necessarily believe in their self-value, as you were saying, Randy. Right, right. It takes time. And for you to put that into people, I applaud that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Because, you, I mean, you're, you're definitely just hitting it on the head. Like, most people, 
most people are afraid to be who they really are. Mm -hmm. And deep down inside, everyone knows that there is a somebody in there that they want to come out. But a lot of times we we really are afraid to be that person because what is the what are the consequences of stepping out and being the person that says, Hey, you know what, this is who I am and if if this is who you want to be around, this is who you want to be, then come to me because this is you know, I can help you. You know, mm-hmm. I can be that, that person for you. People are afraid to do that. And yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like I said, as a as a community, we need to be stronger. We we are one of the only communities that I know. And correct me if if you're wrong or you have a, if I'm wrong or you have another uh, way of seeing this. But we're one of the only communities that I know of that when you look around, you don't see a lot of what we do as a collective. You know, everybody else you can see who runs the the bodegas. You can see who runs the you know, the, the Chinese market, you can see, you know, who owns the, you know, like whatever big things are happening, whatever things that are inside of a community, you can see particular groups of people who have their stuff together around that stuff. And we just kind of do whatever we want. But we're really, you know, a community around love and hip hop, you know, and around rap music Nothing wrong with rap music. It's cool um, when they say something that makes sense. But, you know, like we're we're more concerned about those things than the things that are really going to bring each other up. And so when you want to be a person that steps out and says, this is who I am, you don't have a community around you most of the time. That's really for that. And I think that's where that crabs in a barrel idea, you know, is coming from, at least from this perspective. That's hey. why... No, go ahead. Finish. Uh, no, that's so why. that's why it's it's very important for people to recognize their own power and say, well, you know what? Regardless of where I came from, this is where I'm going, and this is who I'm going to be. It's it's all about you being who you say you're going to be in the world. And if everybody did that, instead of just trying to you know do a list of things that's supposed to make something better, then everyone would be better off and people would be living their dreams all over the place. That's my take on it. Now, Linda, That's true, um, but there also comes a point in time where you can't just sit around and wait forever. I mean, community is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's very powerful. It's really wonderful to have, you know, a community at your back and, and share the same values or traditions or likes or what have you. On that hand, it's really great. But sometimes if you know what your next step is and your crab mates are pulling you down, whether that's, uh, you know, your immediate family or your friends, sometimes you have to, like, step up and say no. And if that doesn't work and you've tried, you know, doing it that way and just, you know, you have to get to the point where you shut them out, at least for a little while, because you know in your gut what your next step is. So if your next step is, to go jump in that big ocean, that's what you need to be doing. Right, exactly. exactly. Now, Linda, um, I, I asked you to join the panel because you're, you are outside eyes looking in. Um, and I say that because you're my friend, and I will defend you and protect you from anything that I possibly can, whether it's disrespect or if I'm around you physically, I'll protect you. 
So I brought you in here because I think you're a woman with uh, that's highly intelligent, a, a very wise woman, and a woman that I've personally taken advice from also, um, just dealing with life in general. So I'm, I'm going to ask this question and, and kind of put you in an uncomfortable spot but I want you to know I got your back while I'm asking you this question, if anybody says anything disrespectful. Um, so with that being said, you're outside eyes looking in to my people, black folks. What, mm-hmm. what would you say is a hindrance? But we know the community and we know um, – the crabs in the bucket and, you know, the mindsets. But outside of that, if you were just to observe my people for a week, what would you say is our greatest strength and our greatest weakness? And I want you to be very blunt and speak from your heart from it. Uh, it's going to get me in a lot of trouble, but I'm going to go there because you're wanting you to be to honest. Me, and, you know, we, none of us are going to learn if, if there isn't honesty. And that's just how I am, is to be honest. I think a lot of the problem has to do with assumptions. Sometimes the community makes an assumption, and then all the other crabs are like following that assumption without checking a reality point. Gee, is this assumption true or is it not true? Or even more important, gee, is this assumption going to serve us? Is it going to serve the community? Is it going to serve black people? Is it going to serve me as a black individual? You know, they're not asking those questions. They, right. they just one person made the assumption, and then a hundred followed, and a thousand followed, and there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, there might be an assumption on the street, for example, that you're only going to get ahead if you know you go into the music world and you're a rap artist or your sports figure, meaning a basketball player. Mm -hmm. So if the person says, no, no, you know, I really like math and science, I'm going to be a, you know, a a nerd there and evaluate earthquakes and, you know, be a earthquake scientist or a hurricane scientist or, or whatever their endeavor might be, that's when you have the other crabs coming in to say, no, no, that's not a good endeavor, you know. So, um you have to break those barriers because it really, some of those assumptions are very self-sabotaging, not to mention self-defeating. I mean, you're pretty much telling the individual that, no, you're wrong. You know, there, it's being dismissive, no matter what his endeavor is. I mean, you know, there's 100,000 professions out there. Those aren't the only two professions on earth. <laughs> There's quite a bit more. So if that's where he, that's where his uh, pursuit is, his or her pursuit is, you know, everyone's got to discover their own path. If he's, if he or she is wrong after they get there, then oh well, you would, you readjust and realign and, you know, get, take the next step again. Like who cares? But <laughs> I think a lot of times assumptions are made and they're self-sabotaging and self-defeating without really looking at the facts. Wow. Dre, do you have anything to say to that? Well, I actually, I think that, Linda, you are right on target with that. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying in the in the beginning uh, when we first started talking, that, you know, we, we kind of train ourselves to be a certain way. I said we train ourselves to be victims. And, you know, we don't do it consciously, obviously. We don't, like, go to our children and say, okay, kids, today's lesson is about being a victim. 
and being helpless. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't we don't do that, but it it is kind of it's unconsciously being done because, just like Linda said, you know, like someone started a rumor, and then the rumor got passed on for generations and generations, and that's just how it how it's been. You know, because you can't teach anything that you don't know yourself. You know, right. if you don't right. know the Pythagorean theorem, there's no way you can teach it. But right. if you know, you know, if you know multiplication, you could. Oh, well, okay. Well, this is what it is. You know, it's so easy right. because it it's what you know, and we can only teach what we know. So that becomes the perpetuation of cycles that we can't seem to, as a community, get out of. So, for instance. I have a blog post on my on my website, which is uh, thepowerplayersclub.com, and I have a blog post on there, and it is referring to um, the fact that, you know, the type of incidents that we're seeing now, like with Oscar Grant and Trayvon Martin and now, you know, Michael Brown and, you know, all these things, they're going to happen again. And now, mind you, this was before Michael Brown happened. I wrote this, you know, but it's mm-hmm. just telling. And what I was saying in that is that, you know, we are so trained and focused on being a victim. Like we have to, something's always happening to us. And then when that thing happens to us, then what we do is we start a protest or we start a riot or we start something (laughs) like that. And then, you know, what, what is basically what you just, what you said earlier, Randy, like what does that actually solve when in reality, you know, it would make much more sense to, look at ourselves or witness ourselves as a responsible person, which is uh, the W and the power principles, it would be better for us to learn to be proactive and create better relationships with police because that's an assumption that we have as community, that police are just out to get us. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've showed videos of people that just know the law and they get out of doing some really crazy things you know, like just carrying a gun around in public, you know, for instance, you know, but you can see them. You can look it up on YouTube, just people who get out of being arrested because they were recording. You know, people nowadays, they kind of record what's going on with their interactions with police or whatever. Uh-huh. And, you know, the first thing that people say is, well, that's the white guy. Mind you, you can't see the person because they're the one that's recording it, so you can't tell <laughs> what they are yeah. really. But the first thing that they'll say is, you know, if that was a black guy, they would have just took him up and they would have whatever they could come up with because they're operating under the assumption that police are just out to get us, which puts you in a victim. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good assumption because you it know does. it's like if you think that hard on something, it comes true. Right. I mean, so exactly. if you have your perception well, of the world, I don't know about that. that I think, I think that um, X, you know. The, the universe is, is pretty stupid that way. It's going to listen to what your thought system is, to what your belief system is. Exactly. And conversely, I think, I think, if you, cop, you know, turn that around. Kind of different. I mean, I was, I was in law enforcement, so uh, they trained us to, stere- to uh, target stereotypes. They literally train you mm-hmm. to target stereotypes. I was in law enforcement. I've been on the back end of a lot of wrong situations, and I have no criminal background. Um, so I understand that assumption because it's been true since we were slaves over here. It's, we've always been uh, the the on the backlash of the majority, not all, 
not absolutes, but the majority of law enforcement has been actually the target against us. So right, that is absolutely. So, but Randy, so and can I just say because you're you're actually hitting on exactly what what I'm saying. You know, again, somebody made an assumption a long time ago, and now this is the perpetuation of it because, like you said, this is even more obvious because you're actually being trained to do that. But now here's the thing. Because as a community we're not doing anything really to do something other than be those stereotypes, how could you look for a particular stereotype if there is none to be seen? If you are looking for a penny in a blade of gra- in a field of grass, you know, you're going to be looking for a long time, but it is a whole bunch of pennies. You could just pick out any penny. So my point being, yes, there are those things that are happening because just like Linda said, I completely agree. You know, the universe brings you what you focus on more, and we focus a lot on that being the case. So it's always going to be a case because while we're focusing on it and letting that be what it is, it's going to continue to perpetuate until somebody says, you know what, this is not – the way that we want to see ourselves. Let's, as a community, create an image of ourselves that's not this, you know, like somebody was saying earlier, and be, you know, what serves the community. Makes white people comfortable is pretty much what you're saying. No, not what makes white people comfortable. What serves us as a community, because certain things we do are ridiculous, to be honest. Now, if we're going to be real, let's, let's be real. I, oh, I, got, I got government statistics on black-on-black crime versus white-on-white crime, and let's say... We're pretty low compared to what the media and everyone assumes about us. So if we were to be real, we see a lot of black-on-black crime because we grew up around it and we grew up in it. But let's look at the statistics, the actual factuals of a lot of black-on-black crimes. Most of our people, that not, about 90%, the, gov- the U.S. government websites will tell you this, 90%. Yeah. Um, and I still have a security clearance, so I can get into a lot of good uh, uh, information. 90%. Of, of African Americans that's locked up are locked up on non-violent actions. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not I'm not saying this to um, applaud the stereotypes because I'm a speaker against uh, sagging your pants and gang banging and all that. I I don't want my community doing that. But at the same time, let's look at the actual factual. If you want to look at the facts of things, the facts of things are that. We do get targeted for no reason majority of the time. Now, there are those dummies that's out there that do stupid stuff that gets caught and justice happens to them, and I applaud police officers for doing that. However, the ones that are actually not out there that's getting the lash of the 10% of the black people that's out here doing stupid stuff, then it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a mixed signal. So the, I don't think the assumption is really that far off when it comes to law enforcement. I think the assumption... I think a lot of people assume um, things like, for example, if you went out on a girl's night out and you said, oh, let's not eat at that restaurant because I ate there before and the food was bad. So all your friends are going to assume that the food is bad. And if they go there, say their plate, that, that actual dish was bad to them. So their assumption from based upon which you, your experience, and then they go there and experience the same thing, then that assumption is actually verified by fact. So I think a lot of people who are upset about the police brutality that's going over, and it's not just happening to young black folks, it's happening to white people, it's happening to Asians also, um, people are just upset at the police officers getting away with a lot of things. But I understand, I understand the concept that you guys are trying to say as far as 
we need to break certain behavior patterns that's in the black community. And I totally support that statement. And I totally agree with that statement. Um, I just didn't want, I did I felt like you guys were speaking in absolutes and not in a general sense. I've, I felt like y'all was including a hundred percent and not the actual, uh, 16.5% that's actually out here doing the stupid stuff. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I just, I, I am totally against the mindsets that most, that, that, that the 16.5% that gets shown in the media, like the little Wayne's and all them, uh, opportunists that raps about destroying our community and gets billions of dollars for calling our women hoes and bees. You know, I'm totally against that. Um, but what I'm not against is the ones that the 80 some percent, the 84, uh, percent, the 83% that is actually, uh, like me and Dre and like lady J that's saying, Hey, you know, there's a greater path to take. Um, you don't have to be, you don't have to feel or assume like you guys said, going back to what you guys said, you don't have to assume that you're stuck in this 360 revolving circle. There's a way out of the bucket. There's a way out of this thing that you're battling called life. And I believe that your power coaching and uh, Linda's uh, life, life coaching skills, my life coaching skills, um, and the open-mindedness of Lady J, I feel that we can impact um, and notice I said we, that's including Linda. I think we can impact um, those broken down mindsets um, that is out there in the black community. Like you're going into the public schools. I'm excited because you can change, you can actually make history, uh, Dre, by going to the public schools and presenting your knowledge to, to the urban community. You don't know who you're going to be talking. You could be talking to the next great doctor, the next president, the next great lawyer, the next great warrior in our military you you don't know who you who mindset you might awaken or who mind you might enlighten with your program and so i i just wanted to give put my opinion um based upon the facts that i've seen uh on what we were talking about um but i don't want you guys to think that i'm coming against you um i'm just stating the facts that i've seen from the government's websites the facts that i've seen on the percentage of what is actually going on now the media portrays things a lot differently um and yes we know that the media reports negativity because that's what draws the crowd is controversy and negativity um people are drawn to that but how uh dre how with these uh, people people are drawn to that but that doesn't mean that we have to focus on it just because the media focuses on it because they want to get more ratings or sell more magazines or whatever they're doing just because they are focusing on it doesn't mean we the public have to focus on that right and right. if it gets too overwhelming don't even listen to the media you know like right, you're saying right. why focus on the small percentage of blacks that you know, that are the saggy pants, you know, uh, people. So, you know, there's a great population, a large majority of the black population, that they are very fine citizens. Why aren't we focusing on that? And because I because think people like Tyler Perry go on there and make movies. Because <laughs> people like Tyler Perry goes in there and, and makes movies. Yeah. That's what, I you know, it's stuff just about, like that. It's about the almighty dollar, and I get that. But I would say a very positive, active first step for somebody who is on this journey, who is on this path, is to, what I would say is, let's look at the uh, clam jumpers who made it. 
Like what made Will Smith, Michael Jackson, uh, James Earl Jones, uh, Bill Cosby, what made these greats to where the audience could care less what color they are? People like Drake. Like use them as a role model. <laughs> Like, because it is possible because they did it and, you know, dozens, if not thousands of other people before them, names that we don't even know their names, they're not famous, but they're famous in their own communities, in their own circles, like, tag on to a mentor. It's like what made them jump, you know, out of the bucket. Right. And, you know, uh, what I see from all three of you all's comments uh, DT, you said it was the assumptions, and Dre, you said it was because we unconsciously, you know, what we're doing unconsciously. And Randy, you're basically talking about facts. And for me, what I see of all of that is basically a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. and a lack of knowledge based on what we don't know, and then on the other half of what we just don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us choose to not want to know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have been guilty of in that you know, that bucket of just not wanting to know and just do my own thing and not really go based on assumptions. But because we don't want to know, that makes us even more guilty than those who don't know. Right, right. right. And that's, that goes back and to what I was you saying know what? about being stuck. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Dre. I was going to say what, what you're saying actually completes the thought that I was saying before um, about the video with people not knowing who who the person is in the video when – you know, at the end of the day, just like you said, it's a lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's it's not because like you're gonna, you're not gonna get arrested because you're black. You're gonna get arrested because you don't know the law and you don't know what you what your rights are. You just don't. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that that's what I was gonna say. Like so, you know, but the thing that we do, which is what I was talking about originally, is that we'll first go to oh, it's because I'm black. And so that becomes the reason. So what I normally teach people when we talk about witnessing yourself as a responsible person, I say it's just like driving a car. And if you have one pair of keys to your car, they can only be, and there can only be one driver, if you give the keys to somebody else to drive you anywhere, if they feel like driving you off a cliff, you're going. Yeah. And you got to go wherever they're going. But if you take your own keys and you have the control and you say, you know what, not today, we're not going over a cliff, you know, we, you can take the car wherever you want to go it's about you being responsible for what's going on so if your first thought is to go straight to oh it's because i'm black now you gave the keys to being black and you can't change that so what you gonna do now right 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 (laughs) absolutely nothing so (laughs) what i train people to do is say no there's another way to see this why not instead of saying this guy got away with this because he's white which you can't tell from the video anyway and then i show them videos of people you can clearly tell they're black and and the same thing happens they know they're right so why don't we look at it from that perspective? There's a whole other way to see a lot of things if you can get yourself out of seeing things a certain way. And that's actually the P in power, which is perception is key. It's the way you see things. And if you get stuck in a certain way of seeing things, that is going to be your reality, just like we were just talking about. And we create our reality on on all levels. You create it as an individual in your personal life, but we create it as a community too. And, Randy, that's actually, like, where you're going with all those facts. All the facts are doing is painting the exact picture of that reality. Right, It's being right. created as a community because we want to hold on to one particular perception about something that's not true. No perception right. is true. Yes. There yes. is no true perception. It's just it, there is a, it is what it is, and then there's everything you use to color it. <laughs> and that, that's what the problem is. Right. Hey, listen, we got to take a quick two-minute break. When I get back, 
Dre, I want you to break down the P, the O, the W, the E, and the Aura <laughs> to your Power <laughs> Player Club. Um, Linda, can you please broadcast this special one more time for me, and then I'm going to broadcast it again when we get back. Um, but can you broadcast it uh, for me, because I know your schedule's tight. I know you might have to leave, um, and I, I, I thank you for uh, taking my short notice to come on the show, like literally like an hour and a half before the show. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, and, I, and I, I take that to heart. I really do appreciate it. So can you give us that information one more time before we go on break, please? Thank you. Okay, so any listener who is listening live up until 24 hours from the original live show, I'm extending this free offer. Go to my website, click on Get It Now. So you're going to go to www.themensadvocate.com forward slash get it now. And you're going to get 15 minutes of free coaching. Ask me any question you want about your relationship, your woman, dating, whatever it is. Also business questions, anything that's causing you a headache and a roadblock, and you've got 15 minutes off the clock. Nice. Hey, please, everyone, go do that. I'm a, I might start chatting while I'm on the show. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, I'm about to take a break, Dre. When I get back, I want you to tell my audience about the power in the Players Club. Let me get <laughs> made that beat and he sent it to me today he was like man i found an old beat that i made back in the day i said send it to me i had to play it 
Ladies and gentlemen, we back on Chew On That. Um, if you've missed any parts of the early section, we have a special going on with Linda DT, and um, I have my special guest, Dre uh, Cleveland, on, on, on the air, and she's a great life coach, mentor, author of uh, Dynamic Books, and also the founder of Powers Player Club, and she's about to break that down. But before I let Linda get off the phone, I want her to repeat the special that we got going on one more time for the audience, if you can do that for me, please. Thank you. Just hop on my website, themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com, and then forward slash get it now. And I'm offering you 15 minutes of free live chat. Um, you can ask me questions about dating, relationships, your women, your women uh, whatever you're having a roadblock with, whatever is giving you a headache, um, business questions, career questions, you got it all. You got me 15 minutes off the clock. I'm all yours. Uh, that's uh, dating. That's um, themensadvocate.com forward slash get it now. I also want to um, let your listeners know that I have a book. So if you want the more in-depth version of everything under the sun that you need to know about women um, with regard to your dating and your relationship life, you can find those answers um, on Amazon at, with my book called Mastering Women, The Definitive Guide to Understanding and Being Effective with Women. So again, the name is Mastering Women, found on Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, Y'all got it? Y'all heard it. Linda. Yes, sir. I just want to say thank you again for uh, taking the short notice um, call to get on here. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you will be back on my show numerous times, so I'll uh, we'll stay connected, and um, thank you. I'm going to put you on. Uh, if you want to stay on, I'm going to keep you on, so if you hang up, I can see it, and I'll be able to know not to call on you, so... If you have to go, just hang up and everything will run smooth. Um, now, audience, if you missed it, Drake Cleveland is my special guest for today. I have my co-host, Lady J, with me. And I had to call my, my homeboy, my ace, my goon, in a good sense, not a gangbang or nothing like that. But he's like, he's a goon in the sense of he makes sure that I'm not out here doing being stupid. He's my surrogate uncle, Gary G all day Ward. Can you just say hi to the people for a sec? Hey, what's going on, family? How y'all doing out there? Man, and uh <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, Dre, that he is from Harlem, New York. Yeah, so Dre, um, please, the floor is yours right now. Um talk to us. The personal power coach herself, please talk to us. Well, you want to know what the power principles are, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, I'll do the short version <laughs> because I'm telling you, each each of the power principles could have their own show. Right, I'm right. I'm telling you. <laughs> right? So I'll just break it down real quick. So <clears throat> the P in power, like I said before, is perception is key. And that is all about understanding how you see the world, how you see the people around you, but more importantly, how you see yourself, you know, because at the end of the day, you are the only person that's ever around when anything's happening in your life. 
everybody else comes and goes and changes, but you're really going to always be the only person that's there to the day you die. So understanding how you see the world and how you see yourself and everything else around you really affects how you play in this game of life. Um, let's see, the O is open up to clear and active communication. And, you know, that could be about how you communicate with others. Um, it is, but what I'm mostly focused on when I'm talking about opening up to clear and active communication is being aware of um, your self-talk. So it's more about communicating with yourself and paying attention to what you say to yourself that might be stopping you from moving or reaching the goals that you say are important to you. Um, so, for instance, you know, a lot of us, we, you know, especially we hear it in our music all the time, you know, you know, get money, trying to get rich and trying to have all this money, whatever. But we know a lot of people in our community don't really make a lot of money. That's just <laughs> what it is. <laughs> right? You know, but but we say that all the time. But then why doesn't it happen? Because in all honesty, just like Linda had alluded to earlier, the universe really does give you what you ask for. Right. The universe doesn't give you what you ask for. It gives you what you really believe so if you if you truly believe that that's what you're going to get, then you will. But most of the time we don't. Like you could say all day long, like I'm about to make a million dollars, but if in the back of your head it's like, man, you make no million dollars, what the hell wrong with you, right? <laughs> if if that's really what's going on in the back of your head, then you really don't believe you're getting that. So guess what? You're not. And you're going to always be in the same place that you are. So that principle is about fine-tuning your self-talk so that it actually matches what it is that you're saying you want to bring forth in your life. Okay, uh, and then the W, uh, we talked a lot about this in the last segment, which is witness yourself as a responsible person. It's about being 100% responsible for your life and the way that it goes, whether it's your individual life or like we were talking about earlier, whether it's your individual life, individual, I mean, community life, sorry. So that just means being willing to take responsibility for the way that it's been, for the way that it is now, and for the way that it will be. And that's not saying that, you know, other people aren't, quote, unquote, to blame for things, but we just have a tendency to blame and complain about a lot of things. So, like we said before, if you get stuck in that pattern of blaming other people, complaining about things, and there's no solution, which, by the way, you are the only solution, then you stay stuck where you're at. So if you are willing to take 100% responsibility and say, not like blaming yourself, but like really saying, you know what, I may not be able to change what's happened, and I may not be able to change how it's been, but I could damn sure change the way it's going to go. Right, and then right. start moving toward that That means. And then the E is energize your commitments, which is all about the action. So that's, you know, well, what do I do now? Now that I'm taking 100% responsibility, now that I see myself in a way that empowers me, and now that my inside voice matches my outside voice, you know, what do I do now? What, is, what are the next steps? So that's what it does. Personal, because um, as life coaches, whatever we teach is something that we had to experience. Ourselves. So to know you better, can you give me a little personal that you had to apply W and E um, within your own life, just to just to kind of you know give examples and, and details about how someone could apply very principles by example um, that you have set uh, for for people to follow. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you the one that I wrote about in the book because it was 
probably the most powerful experience for me where I really had to walk my talk and I just like, well, to put it, let's say it this way. Um, there was a gentleman who I allowed to work with me in my business um, right around the time that the book was about to come come out. That's how it ended up being in the book. Um, and we were doing a African ancestry project, you know, basically just giving the community access to figuring out where their family lineage is. Because, you know, we don't normally know. We just say, yep, right. we're from Africa. But you don't know where, right? Excuse me. So we decided to do a project where people could, you know, pay. Like we, I was working with this gentleman to help get us a discount because he had a nonprofit. And, you know, if you have a nonprofit, you could get um, discounts a lot of times on, on different things. So, you know, we were working together on that project. And make a long story short, he was a con artist. And I didn't realize this because he was supposed to be a friend of mine. But lo and behold, this is what he does. He befriends people and waits for the right time and, you know, does what he does. So, you know, what happened is basically he ended up having the money of all the people who paid to get their kids to do the DNA test. Hmm. Um, And, you know, of course I was livid. It was hell having to do a conference call and explain to all these people that their money was gone because I gave it to this guy. Um, I was angry. They were angry. You know, people were upset, obviously. Some people, you know, wanted a refund immediately. But what I told them, you know, is basically, I don't know how it's going to happen, but you are going to have your project by the end of this year. And that was in the summer. It was supposed to happen in the summertime. Um, But, you know, I made a promise to them. I had no idea how I was getting that money back. You know, I was very angry. Like, I was thinking of, you know, people was like, yo, for real, I'm telling you, just let me know where he live at, and I'm going to get your money for you. You know, <laughs> like, it was that kind of, like, so pe- people were going for me. the church? Huh? Was this nonprofit person a church-going person? No, no, it wasn't a church. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. I was just curious. And- <laughs> but, um, you know, so I had people who was, who was ready to go do it for me. Let's just put it that way. You know, I'm from right, Brooklyn, right. I'm trying to tell you. Right, right. <laughs> but you know they were and and I was totally like ready. I was like, yo, for real, I'm about to let you go do that. You know, like I was all in my feelings and all about that. But I really had to meditate on that. And I said, you know what, I have to be responsible too. And that's one of the questions you have to ask yourself when you're when you're working on being 100 percent responsible. Is like, well, what have I done to contribute to whatever happened? You know, right. whatever situation you're dealing with, what, what did I do to help create this situation? You know, like norm, most people would normally just go straight for the I'm about to get revenge because what the hell is that? Excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. But, no, no, you know, you're good. You're good. what is it? I show you good. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> cool. But, um, you know, I really had to take some time and really reflect. And I was like, well, what did I do? And then it was very clear to me once I asked myself the question. The problem is most people don't ask themselves that question. Um, but I really had to ask myself, and what I came up with was that I was too trusting of him. Yes, he was a friend of mine, but not like, you know, my best friend. That's one. One, I never confirmed his organization. I just kind of went with the fact that he said it. Like, if you said, hey, Andrea, I have this organization, I'm like, cool, let's do business. But I didn't do my due diligence on my part as a business owner, regardless of the relationship I supposedly had with him. I didn't do my due diligence. 
you know. And so me not doing that, had I done that, I would have learned a lot more about this gentleman's uh, organization that he really didn't have, come to think of it, you know, after all of that. Like, I would have seen that on page, you know, because he did have, he did have something, like he had stuff on Facebook, and I guess that was part of his way of doing things to get money from people or whatever. He had stuff up, so I was going by the stuff that I saw on Facebook, but if you actually looked it up on Google or did, you know, like stuff to research, right, um, right. you, I would have saw that there was no organization. Hmm. It, it, he was purely gone. Huh? Mr. Evelyn, how, how, how you doing? This is Gary. How you feeling? Um, I'm, I'm sitting here. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, I was just sitting here. I just wanted to say this real quick. Um, I hear, I heard that you said that, you know, you wasn't, you know, I guess you trusted him a little too much. Um, I, I, I think that maybe it could have been that sometimes when you're friends with somebody, you try to keep the personal away from the business. And maybe if you had, just like you said, done the business part first, as far as, like, like for example, if you're best friends with somebody, you're going to take their word for whatever it is that they tell you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, the thing is, is that a lot of times friends, they may say, okay, well, you know, we, we aces, but at the same time, let me do this background check on you and let me do this business party. And then sometimes friends get offended because the first thing they say is, well, you know, you my boy or you my girl. You know what I'm saying? Why are you need okay. all that? And I think that's what it was. I don't think it was more of, I could be wrong. I was just, you know, I just wanted to put that out there. But I just think that you befriended him to the point where you didn't think that he was going to do you dirty because usually friends don't do that to one another. Does that make sense? Right, definitely. No, right. that that's definitely true. I mean, like, we weren't, like, really good friends, but, he, you know, like, we hung out a, a few times. He'd been to my house. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, we weren't, like, best friends like that. But the point is, you're right. Like, when you have someone who's a friend, your first thought is not to go do a background check on them. Right. But, the, you know, what I learned from that when I realized what I did to contribute to that is as simple as you're a business person and you need to do your due diligence before your company does business with anybody. Absolutely. You know, and then there needs to be contracts, which we didn't have any written contracts. We had, you know, I guess text messages that said, okay, I have this many people's money, all right, yes. when you come to pick it up. You know, so technically in a court of law, you could use it. It is written. It's obvious that that's from his phone and that he said he was bringing it. The point was he was supposed to take the money because it was through his nonprofit because the lady – you know, said it had to go through him, obviously, um, right. for us to get the discount. But I was giving him the money, and he wasn't giving it to her. <laughs> That's what was happening, you know. <laughs> but make a long story short, you know, when I when I started to look at it as how could I be responsible for this, that's what I came up with, you know. And then I realized, too, as I spoke to the people on the conference call, you know, it's also my job to be responsible for the results. I made a promise. I made a commitment, and that's what Energizing Your Commitments is about, honoring your word. And Absolutely. I told them, and I had tears and everything, and I was shaking because it was very difficult because I knew that they were disappointed, and some of them were asking, like, how did that even happen? Right. Like, what would you do that? Had, like, what is going on? You know, and, then, you know, like, it was just a hard conversation. But at the end of the day, I told them, I said, you know, any of you who really want to have this project because you paid for it and this is, you know, really important to you and your family and what you wanted to do, if you really want to still have it, then I'm going to make it happen. Now, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's going to happen. 
You know, and if you want a refund, I'll make that happen too because I didn't have any of the money. So I had to come up with all that money. That means the refunds plus the difference of how much the kits actually cost without the nonprofit. I had to come up with all that money. And, you know, basically every way that I tried to do it didn't work. Like I tried to do crowdfunding where people that, you know, give you $20 or whatever, you give them a gift because they donated, that kind of thing. I tried to do that. I was trying to ask people. Like nothing was working, but I was focused. I was like, they're going to have their project for the end of this year. And the money was coming from places like I would have never thought. Like I had an extra check from the job that I had just left. They was like, oh, you know, I forgot about this check. This is from whatever, blah, blah, blah. I used that. You know, I had like another account that mysteriously found its way open to me, you know, but that's what happens. The universe really does bend to you when you have a commitment and you are focused on honoring your word in whatever situation it is. If you speak as if it is so, it will be. And this is a perfect example of that for me because I'm telling you what I thought was going to work. Remember how I said before, like, it's not about the doing of things. There's no list of things you could be doing and then you do this, this, and this, and then, you know, a miracle happens. It's it's about your conviction, and the universe conspires to make that happen. And I don't care if you don't believe it. That's the way it is. You don't have to believe in gravity either, but you're standing on the ground, and you well, Dre, jump off of something. Dre, yes, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, I mean, <laughs> to be open and transparent to share that, and you know, and to put that in your book, I know it had to be tough to even, you know, admit that. Absolutely. And I commend you for overcoming that. I really do. But you know what? I have a question, right? Because okay. I'm, I see, I see the P, the O, the W, the E. Randy, Randy didn't get to let you finish the R. Oh, she's gonna finish uh, the R. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> but Dre, my question: the energizer commitment. What Mm -hmm. happens when you have a commitment phobia and you are struggling with committing? Well, I think a lot of people actually have, and I actually did write about that a little bit uh, too in the book. Sometimes people are afraid to commit to things. It can be little things too. It doesn't have to be huge things. It's just, you know, like people sometimes have a fear of committing to things. And a lot of times it's because, like I said earlier in the show, it's because we're afraid that it's going to actually work. (laughs) What do you do now? You know, it's either you're afraid it's going to work or you're afraid you're going to fail. It's one of the two, you know. fear of success, might as well say. Right, fear fear of success, but also it could be a fear of failure. Some people are perfectionists and they don't want to commit to something because they're afraid if they try it, it's not going to work, you know, Mm -hmm. and then they're going to be upset and feel like they did all of this for nothing. You know, just like with relationships, you know, some yeah. people don't want to, yeah, some people are afraid to commit to relationships for, you know, one of two reasons. One, because they're afraid that they're going to put all that work in and then it's just going to fall by the wayside. Why? Because they've had a lot of experiences, you know, and this is what our what perception is key is so important to be able to, to understand that your all your perceptions come from your past. And your whole world is literally colored by everything that's already happened. And that's not fair to your future. Because that didn't even happen yet, but all you do is take what happened in the past and put it right in the future, and then you make all your decisions based on that. And that keeps you stuck. Because if you've had plenty of experiences with things not working out when you put your all into it, how are you going to have a relationship with someone where you can put your all into it? You can't. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. you know. And then on the flip side, some people do have a fear of success, and they're afraid that, okay, that's the – 
like we were talking about before. It's a big, open, scary world out there. Now, what happens if this actually takes off? What happens if I start, you know, person and I really love them, next you know, I get married to them? What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I've never been here before. I've never did this before. But you know, you know? Great. You know what I think it is, though? I think people, like you said, they are afraid of success. But I don't think it's more the success. I think it's the maintenance. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying? The reason why I say that is because, okay, I already got you. So you're saying so they're afraid of the responsibility that comes, that comes with, with it. Absolutely. Because wow. what happens is this. It, I'm, so, I'm sorry. What happens is this. You get this. It's just like, for example, you write the love letters, you get the flowers, you get the candy, you know, you, you do the long walks in the park, you know what I'm saying, Central Park, and all that good stuff, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you got them already, and then... You don't do the things that you did when you first got them. Yeah. So uh, what happens yeah. is you, you take advantage and you take, it's kind of like take it for granted. You, you mean not to, but it's just, that's just nature. So what happens is you accomplish this big, giant, you know, this, this thing. And then what happens is you are afraid to maintain and keep doing what you did to get there. To get uh-huh. there. Because what happens is you get complacent and you get lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Oh, God, like, I can't go no further. Like, I already accomplished it. So, you know, why do I got to keep, you know, uh, ironing my clothes or, 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 or iron your clothes anyway? But I'm just saying, but, right. you know what I mean? But I, why I got to keep putting this uh When the, rela- this, this when the relationships on. start, the female goes to sleep with the makeup. Well, you know what I'm saying? She and, just don't and, care. And, right. You know, now she don't care. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. But then when the other person says, well, you know what? You ain't the same person that I married or you're not the same person that... I, I grew to love. And and then those they, statements can be very true. Right. And, but guess what? The other person, they take offense to that. They be like, well, what you mean? Like, you know, you, you should love me for better or for worse. But, but, and, but that's unfair because truth is always offensive to those who don't love it. That's true. That is true. You see what I'm saying? My wife was to come to me and say, babe, your breast stink. You know, I'm not, I don't love the fact that my breast stinks. No, absolutely. So I'm going to be offended. <laughs> absolutely. And then she could have just came to me and handed me a piece of gum. But, but you know what? I'm going to tell you something, nephew. <laughs> that probably would have been even more offensive. <laughs> but let me tell you something, nephew, real quick. Right? Okay. Hurry up, man. I got uh, 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 I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ms. Dre. I just took over. I'm sorry. I ain't, going, I ain't mean to be rude. <laughs> but, but check this out. Okay. If you, like my wife, right, yeah. she always talking about, I think I'm too fat. Or either I want to, you know, I want to lose a couple of pounds or whatever, right? right? Now, I always tell her, I say, I love you, whether you're big, you're small, whatever. Because that's my wife, for better or for worse, right? Right, right? Now, of course, nobody wants what they didn't have in the beginning. Right, but right. the thing is, is that if you don't like it, you change it. Right. But if you don't, don't like it, it you, you change, change it. it. Right. That's exactly right. right. But what you're doing about, yeah. is you're sitting there on the couch, you're still with the hogging dolls looking at uh, right. the Braxtons and, and, and loving hip-hop. You right. know what I'm right. saying? Talking right. about, ooh, look at girl. Look at but you don't, do, you don't take that same hour to go to the gym or do whatever it is to accomplish that goal. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But then right. when, somebody, when you ask the person, well, do I, am I gaining a couple of pounds or whatever? But then here comes where the truth can hurt. Do you spare her, tr- uh, her feelings? By not telling the truth or saying, nah, baby, you look good. Or do you tell the truth, and then all of a sudden, now you're insensitive. So you in trouble. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm sitting here with two men right here. I think at some times, at some point, women just fish for compliments. So sometimes if I'm asking my husband, baby, you know, this look okay, did I... 
just make me look fat. I'm not asking if I really look fat. I just want him to tell me that he thinks I look pretty because in that moment, I feel fat. Okay, and in right. that moment, I don't feel the prettiest. And right. I want him to compliment and to negate what I actually feel. Okay. Right. But on right, the other right. hand, I think sometimes also, this is what the whole show has been about, that complacency issue, right. that comfortability, all right. of that has been the negative portion of our mindset. Right. And we're too I'm gonna, comfortable. I'm going to tag on that um, before I let Dre get to the R, because that's a, that's a very <laughs> good point, because it goes back to what Dre, well, all of yes. us was actually saying at right. the beginning of the show, um, but Dre highlighted it um, in a statement that she made. Um, I don't remember the statement verbatim, but I'm going to uh, paraphrase it. She was pretty much saying that um, it, like you said, it's the mindset of assumptions. You are assuming that you look fat. Right. You're assuming that you're too skinny. Mm -hmm. You're assuming, why are you assuming these things? Why? Because the media is putting all these things in front of your face mm. instead of you worrying about the opinion of the person you married mm-hmm. you're worried about the opinion of what social media says is acceptable plug make sure you check last week's show what's oh, the yes. true definition of what's sexy de- yes that last nice. week <laughs> but dre but you feel what i'm saying though like like you yeah. were talking about the crabs mm-hmm. and and leaping over and the, and all that but i that that statement like you said these principles can touch any realm of life, and I believe that because um, that statement alone that you made in the beginning of the show could have been a whole nother show in of itself. Right. And so I agree okay. when you said that each individual ones could be a different, a different show. Um, I do agree with that statement, but you, that statement you made earlier about the assumptions was actually powerful because it's the assumptions of, um, of how we are perceived through media that distorts uh, the truth in our own minds to get us to act upon what we want to act I upon on the inside. Right, but not, I don't even want to take away, I want to hear this R, R. Yes, because we've got about R. eight minutes left. I want to hear this R um, before we get off. Okay. So the R is relate to the world with gratitude. Simple as that. Um, basically, that's the icing on the cake. Just remembering that there's always something to be grateful for and there's always something to have learned from anything, whether it's it say feels it like it was something that just hurt you. Mm-hmm. Just say those. Just start over. Just say it again. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, recognizing that there's always something to be grateful for, and there's always a lesson to be learned in everything. And if you focus on the things that you learn, you know, from certain things, then you know it it, it opens you up. That's one. It helps you to get out of out of a place where. You could feel stuck or sad. Can I tell you, like, a real personal thing right now because I'm personally, like, currently dealing with this, right? So I basically just broke up with my boyfriend, right, like, three days ago, literally. And, you know, that's pretty painful. That actually hurts a lot, right? But I felt a bit of depression the last couple of days till, you know, I really had to start just going on what, I like to call a rampage of appreciation and just figuring out, one, what I appreciate about my general life because I have a child who's hilarious and he always makes me remember to laugh, you know. But then, you know, I had to just remind myself what I appreciated about the relationship 
and, you know, the one that we still have to now. You know, I, I suppose it's, it's a break, but you never know because breaks don't always turn into back to the relationship. So it is what it is. But um, then I had to to realize what I learned in the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. so that I don't now go if it comes to that and I'm dating other people, I know what happened in this one that I should not repeat the same thing if I don't want the same result. Right. You know, and sometimes we don't go we don't go that far. We're so inundated with, you know, the the situation itself, the harshness of it and we get all wrapped up in why me and why this and if you could take yourself down a down a path you don't want to go down. Right. You know? Right. But, you know, I have to always, you know, because it's, a, it's always, this is a work in progress. Like, nobody has ever arrived anywhere. There's no place to arrive to because there's always another level of the game. And right. so people always say that to me. Like, matter of fact, the other day, you know, I went to the dance studio where I teach at, and I was telling my friend that's what happened. And she was like, well, you know, I listened to you when you're talking about the power principles. And what would you tell, you know, the people who, you know, listen to you? Because I was just going through it. You know, and I said, honestly, I would tell them to go through that moment. It's only not even been 24 hours. Like, people think, you know, being powerful means that you can't be vulnerable and that you mm. can't be human. And that's, that's not the same thing. Right. It's you not know, the same thing. It's just how you deal with things. It's right. how you choose to react to things in life instead of just having them happen and you just go with this is this is how it is and lose your mind because of it. You know that's that's a powerful that's a powerful. If you can convince about fifty five percent of women to think like that, there would be a lot less hurt, still hurt women in life. You want? I I I read this 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 statement from one of my friends. His name is Zoe Williams. Um, he sent me some information. I was just reading on it. You know, he's a life coach and has his own show and all that. Also, um, and he said that pain is an indicator that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Pain is not the actual message. The message is hidden within the pain, but the pain is not the actual message. It's mm-hmm. an indicator. If your back is hurting, it's an indicator that something's wrong with your, your back. back. Right. But the message is, what did you do to hurt your, to hurt your back? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. What happened to you that had that made your back hurt. Right. So even in relationships, I felt like a preacher when you I did said that. Even in relationships, um we may not necessarily be the ones to do to contribute to the pain. Um it may be something that happens to us but a lot of people get stuck on the feeling of the pain mm-hmm. instead of realizing it's an indicator that something's wrong right. and not looking at the evaluating the whole situation on how that pain even came into existence. And from that statement you said with the R, that is a very helpful tool to a lot of women. But I'm telling you, I'm excited because you're taking this to the public school systems in New York. Mm-hmm. I see huge success on that Man, because you can you – can, Man. You can get a lot of niggas to act what? right. Man. But I'm, but I'm <laughs> right think, before they get to <laughs> Right. But you know what? I'm going to say this, though, also. You know, it's not just women. Men, too. Yes, men, You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, yes. And, 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 and let me tell you something. But, you know, men love. They, they, when they love, when we love, we love hard. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the thing is, is that men don't like to be vulnerable to 
nothing or nobody mm-hmm. because we're never taught that as kids. Right, we always right. taught that even even your moms and your aunties used to tell you, don't cry like a little girl. You're a boy. You, be, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, and, right. and your pops used to tell you, you know, hey, man, we don't do that crying in here, man. Hey, shorty, yep. you know what I'm saying? Try them tears, you know? Right, right. So the thing is, is that it's just, I guess, people emphasize more on women because they're the ones, I guess, that because they have their emotions on their sleeve and they show it more than men do. So we don't put that out there. Like, we'll sit there and act like everything is all good knowing that we're shredding inside. Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I, but I just wanted to put it out there that, you know, it ain't all just women out there. It's a couple of them dudes out there that got women tendencies as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, and, and do that as well. So, but, uh, yeah. Hey, listen, we got about two minutes left in the show. Dre, Spill out your information where people can find you on, on social media, where they can get your information. We've got two minutes left. Um, Lady J, always love you as my co-host. My surrogate uncle, got to have you on the show more often. Yes. I appreciate um, Dre, that. Dre, I'm praying for yeah, you. Yeah, but Dre. Hey, Thank listen, you. Um, we're going to stay in touch anyway, so I'm not worried about that. We, I, I, I'm going to send my sympathy via email. But let's just uh, <laughs> give these uh, fans here a way to get a hold of you, the way to help anything you got going on. Go ahead. All right, well, the easiest and the fastest way is just to say Google me. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it'll come up. Um, just type in Dre Cleveland, and um, my website will come up, thepowerplayersclub.com, my Facebook, which is Facebook slash thepowerplayersclub. Um, and, but what I really want people to do is email me at thepowerplayersclub at gmail.com and send me any of your questions that you have because I'm upgrading my YouTube channel and I'm going to do a whole series that you can just ask me any questions, kind of like what we're just doing right now, and I'll give my perspective on um, any of those things, love, relationships, sex, health, money, all of that. Wow. Listen, Dre, we got to do it again. I got to have you on the show again. Um, Absolutely. I love it. We're going to stay in touch. You know, everybody can find me at Randy Chu on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Randy Chu, and the number two after that. And no, I'm not. Google me. <laughs> no. I'm not hard to find. Um, again, um, support uh, my my other uh, friend, my other, I call her my co-host also, but, you know, she, she she's always welcome on my show. Her name is Linda. DT Gross, and you can find her at themensadvocate.com. Holler at her. Hey, Thursday night, my uncle, my surrogate uncle here, GR, GR has a radio show, oh. uh, Locker Room Talk Radio. Give him a shout out. Lady J is on Twitter also. This is underscore J Holly. And uh, Drake, peace out. Till next time, chew on that. We out, baby. Good night. It's the last few days to play the Monopoly Collector Win Game at Bonds and Pavilions. Play now through May 3rd, and you could still win incredible prizes, including a million dollars cash, a vacation home, and more. Look for products with the Monopoly Collector Win tags throughout the store. Score bonus tickets when you buy participating items, and collect game tickets for your chance to win a brand new car, a home makeover, or a trip of a lifetime. Play now while ticket supplies last. See game rules at PlayMonopoly.us. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro and is used with permission.